Hello, my name is Timothy Johnson. I'm incarcerated in and recording from a prison in North Carolina. I've been serving a life without parole sentence for 19 years. Currently, I work as a field minister and graduate assistant with the North Carolina Field Minister Program. Thank you, Valerie, for doing the Prison Pod podcast. I have been a fan of the podcast since my prison got Edobo late last year. I've listened to all of the episodes, several of them multiple times. And thank you for this opportunity to join the Prison Pod podcast. I want to start by asking everyone listening several questions. Have you ever felt like your life was over? Was there a time when you felt like you were just waiting to die? Did you wonder if your life could possibly matter? If you could do anything of work with your life? Maybe someone listening is at that place now. Hopefully the story of my journey will help you. This is the story of my journey from life without parole to a life of purpose. 19 years ago, my life forever changed. In what seemed like a single moment. One moment, I was a senior at a major university. The next, I was in jail charged with the death of two men. Through the small bar-covered jail cell window in downtown Raleigh, North Carolina, I could see both my past and my future, literally. In a scene that felt like an episode of The Twilight Zone, the view from that mailbox-sized window revealed both the dorm I had lived in as a freshman at NC State University and Central Prison, the prison that figured to be my next and maybe final place of residence. Looking at Lee Hall, my former dorm, I could physically see not only the dorm, but even more the the suite door that led to my former dorm room. That physical view generated snapshots and scenes from my past life, filled with many pleasant memories. Falling in love with a beautiful blonde art major, cheering the Wolfpack football team led by quarterback Philip Rivers to a victory over Notre Dame in the Gator Bowl. A spring break spent on a Royal Caribbean cruise where we went horseback riding in Mexico and swam with the Stingray in the Cayman Islands. And of course, the inevitable all-night study sessions fueled by Gumby's Pizza and Starbucks coffee. These thoughts of the past kindled thoughts of the plans and dreams I had held of my future. Graduating from NC State with a degree in psychology, getting a master's degree in clinical psychology and a medical degree in psychiatry working to help children and adolescents with learning disabilities and developmental disorders, getting married and becoming a father. However, that future, that vision of what should have been, shattered against the reality of the future that now would be when I looked at the formidable concrete walls of Central Prison. Central Prison, which houses North Carolina's death row, loomed like the Grim Reaper, ferociously swinging inside and severing all of my plans and dreams. My new future materialized in my mind's eye, barren and bleak, an existence surrounded by prison walls, concertina wire, security fences, and angry people looking to hurt and take Endless nights and days spent never alone, yet always alone, a future without purpose. Questions haunted my sleepless nights staring out that window. Is my life over? Can I do anything but wait to die? Can I do anything good with my life? Will my life matter? Being sentenced to life without the possibility of parole amplified the internal boom and echo of these soul-wrenching questions. The judge clearly said life, but I felt like my life had ended. Without any purpose, without any way to plan or even dream of a future beyond prison, I felt lost and adrift. I felt like a person stranded on a raft in the middle of the ocean. No help, no land, no food or water in sight. 
nothing but the sun beating down and the shark of my despair, certainly. Thankfully, I had superb family support. So even though I wanted to die, I never seriously thought about ending my life because of how doing that would affect them. I had hurt them too much already. In prison, I, I stayed busy, working out, reading novels, playing Scrabble, but I had no direction or goals. I wasn't living, just merely existing from day to day. This purposeless living made me feel frustrated and powerless. I was frustrated first and foremost with myself, angry at myself for what I had made of my life, for all the damage I had caused to my family, to the families of the guys I killed, and to others I harmed directly or indirectly. I felt deep remorse for killing two human beings, living men who were unique persons with memories and dreams, love and life, experiences and plans. I could not change my past actions. I could not give back the life I took. But I wanted to demonstrate my remorse by living so that my actions would impact others in positive ways. However, the setting of prison seemed to offer little opportunity to impact others in positive ways. Feeling like I couldn't live out the remorse I felt was disheartening. Also, not having any chance to earn release was frustrating. In some ways, the frustration served me well. Going through a couple of gladiator schools, the pressure cooker of my frustration made me quick to respond to any challenge, ready to stand up whenever the situation required. But internally, the frustration just added to my despair. I felt powerless by not only the inability to do anything about my situation, but also the inability to do anything to fix the obvious and numerous problems with prisons and the prison system. Being highly intelligent and possessing an analytical mind, I could see simple solutions to many of the problems, but I couldn't do anything about the problems. I read recently, rage is sadness fused with helplessness. That definition of rage fit the way I felt, sad and helpless because my life had no purpose. Thankfully, I found purpose through dog training, education, and reading and writing. In 2012, a longtime friend convinced me to join him working as a dog trainer in the new Leash on Life program. We worked with dogs rescued from local shelters, teaching them basic obedience and a variety of tricks, giving them the love and skills to succeed in a permanent home. Dog training saved the dogs, but it also saved me. Dog training saved me from the aimless wandering of just existing, drifting without purpose from day to day. To borrow from the Heath Ledger movie, A Night's Tale, working with the dogs forever changed my stars. Dog training gave my life purpose. I woke each day excited to get to the kennel, to greet my dog and start the day's training. I fell in love with working with shelter dogs, helping to prepare them for success in their forever home. Many of the dogs had issues that had caused them to end up in the shelter, often several times. I saw the dogs become empowered by the love and the training, which did the same to the trainers. The dogs transformed not only the trainers, but the entire prison environment by giving their love to the other guys who needed that special love. One of my earliest dogs was a shepherd mix named Waylon. Waylon and I bonded instantly. He resembled me as much as anyone I had ever met. He had immense potential, but he had no direction. When focused, we could realize our potential. When allowed to drift, we found trouble. Waylon was smart, but full of mischief. He 
be learned at warp speed, but when given a nanosecond of idleness, mischief ensued. Spinning like a furry tornado, nipping the cuff of my toe pants, launching himself full body at me when I knelt to retie my shoes. He was full of life, a dog just being a dog. But he had been returned to the shelter four times because others didn't know how to harness his energy. Fortunately, I had the time, knowledge, and energy to help Waylon. Waylon found purpose in the love he received and the skills he learned. At the end of our time together, he had perfect scores on the K-9 Good Citizen Test and, the, and at the Rally Course competition. Helping Waylon realize his potential gave me purpose. Being a part of his purpose transformation transformed my life. Despite still being contained within prison walls, each day burst with purpose. The purpose I found in dog training transformed my life. I realized I did not have to wait for release from prison for my life to have purpose. For most of the next five years at two institutions, I worked as a dog trainer. I trained 15 canines, including one for a child with autism and two for veterans suffering from PTSD. I loved working with dogs and teaching others to do the same. Through working as a dog trainer, I received not just a job, but a life full of purpose. In July 2017, I was selected for the inaugural class of the North Carolina Field Minister Program. Students received four years of education from the College at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, culminating in a bachelor's degree in pastoral ministry with a minor in counseling. One of my biggest regrets had been wasting my gifts and opportunities by not applying myself while a student at NC State. Restarting my education, my primary goal was maximizing this opportunity by performing my studies with excellence unto the Lord. In every class, on every assignment, I strive to do everything with excellence. Additionally, I came here not just for my own education and training, but to help others who did not have my academic advantages. I wanted to help others succeed as a student, to help them overcome any obstacles and maximize the opportunity. The first class had 30 students. From the beginning, I tutored many of my classmates. At the end of my freshman year, program directors asked me to partner in forming an on-site writing center to provide a formal structure for helping every student succeed. While a student, I amassed well over a thousand tutoring hours, trained more than a dozen writing center consultants, compiled a writing guide for program students, and spearheaded the founding of a publication to represent the field minister program. The name of the publication is Ambassadors in Exile, or AIE. AIE's primary goals were positively impacting the prison environment and culture by serving as a catalyst for transformation and changing the narrative about formerly and currently incarcerated individuals. The current false narrative depicts the incarcerated as an entity that either cannot or does not want to change. The true narrative demonstrates that not only can we change, but many of us already have changed and we're serving others in remarkable ways. AIE influences the narrative by utilizing its platform to distribute true stories of change and positive impact. AIE has printed four issues and reached a unique audience because it gets distributed by both the College of Southeastern and Game Plan for Life, the nonprofit started by Joe Gibbs. In college, my proudest moments we're helping others overcome challenges. The students who started Hebrew and Greek with failing grades, but made A's on the final exam and B's in the course. 
the students who were overcome with test anxiety that learned to channel those nerves into high performance on testing. And the students who became not just okay, but skilled writers through our many writing consultations. For me, the education, supplemental training, and pursuit of excellence produced significant mental, emotional, and spiritual growth. I became a significantly better thinker, writer, reader, and speaker. Serving other students through tutoring, mentoring, and encouraging filled my life with purpose. 